This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Well, just before this weekend, the Center for Disease Control Advisory Committee voted to authorize the COVID-19 vaccine to become part of the required immunization schedule for children in order for them to attend public school. Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall is reminding parents that live here in the state that Alabama law prohibits that from happening. The COVID-19 vaccine will not become part of the immunization schedule for students that was signed into law last year. Marshall is also joining 11 other attorneys general in calling out the CDC for this recent decision. The letter that Marshall signed says that process of voting was improper within that advisory committee since it came before the close of the public comment period. Also, the letter says that the vaccine has proven to be ineffective. And at this point, the CDC vote to add it to other vaccines is a method of giving more money to Big Pharma. There are new developments in another case that involves a missing Florida woman whose body was found in St. Clair County earlier this year. The man suspected in the disappearance of Cassie Carley has now been extradited to Alabama from Florida. Marcus Benevolo is facing charges for abuse of a corpse since the body of Carly was found in Springville on property that he owns. Carly went missing on March 27th after she met Spinevolo in Florida. The two were taking part in a custody exchange of their four-year-old daughter. A doctor in Trustville is suspended from medical practice after being arrested for human trafficking of a minor. The Alabama Medical Licensure Commission voted unanimously to suspend the license belonging to Janik Ram Prasad Erla, who works at the Wellness Medical Center. Erla is charged with planning to meet with a 17-year-old female patient at a local motel. The teen's mother contacted investigators after she found out that her daughter was inappropriately touched during a doctor's appointment and that Erla was engaged in texting that minor, telling her to keep it a secret from her parents. 59-year-old Erla was arrested on October 11th in Oneana as he tried to meet up with the 17-year-old girl. However, the girl wasn't there. It was investigators that caught up with him. A second case of West Nile virus has been confirmed in Mobile County. This is the second case of the virus for 2022 here in Alabama. The virus is transmitted through mosquitoes and causes fever, severe headaches, nausea, muscle weakness, and in some cases, seizures and paralysis. From the month of August until the first freeze is the time frame in which the West Nile virus is most commonly spread. If you are down in South Alabama and are taking part in outdoor activities, be sure to cover up and use mosquito repellent. And congratulations to high school student Catherine Grigsby, who was just crowned the new Miss Junior Teen of the United States. Grigsby took part in the competition, which was held in Memphis, Tennessee. It involved an interview, gown, fitness, on-stage question, and a speech. Grigsby is a 15-year-old sophomore at the Hewitt Trustville High School and is also a founding member of a nonprofit organization that builds beds for children who are in need. That group is called Sleep in Heavenly Peace. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, Dr. Anthony Fauci is not going to be able to quietly slip away from his position at the White House Coronavirus Task Force. A federal judge has now ordered that Fauci and other members of the Biden administration testify under oath in a lawsuit. 
That lawsuit was launched by the attorney generals of Louisiana and Missouri against the Biden administration. They allege that the Biden administration colluded with social media in order to suppress free speech and dissenting voices when it comes to the coronavirus. Norwood versus Harrison is the case, and it argues that the government cannot use a private company to accomplish something that the U.S. Constitution forbids the government from doing directly. The case has been filed in the state of Louisiana. Media outlets like Bloomberg News and PJ Media are sounding the alarm when it comes to diesel fuel. The U.S. has about 25 days' worth of diesel supply on hand. That puts that supply at its lowest level since 2008. This comes as President Joe Biden continues to deplete the Strategic Petroleum Reserve in order to lower the price of fuel. Biden claims that it has nothing to do with the midterm elections, which are just weeks away. Diesel fuel is used for critical elements of production and transportation, as well as national security, such as farm machinery, semi-trucks, and military vehicles. Diesel engines are also used in boats, barges, trains, public buses, and school buses, and diesel generators as backup systems for hospitals and other large buildings. When it comes to President Joe Biden, he did an interview with MSNBC that was released this past weekend. In several parts of that discussion, Biden could not speak clearly or not at all and seemed to blank out over some of the questions. Now Republican Congresswoman Claudia Tenney of New York is talking the 25th Amendment when it comes to Biden. She spoke on Fox News. I think the American people are seeing it before their their TV sets every single day that this man is not only corrupt, he's incompetent, and his family has been enriching themselves uh, at the expense of the taxpayers for decades, and yet our legacy media are ignoring this. They're covering it up because they don't want this narrative out in this very, very important midterm election that we're facing. And when it comes to Biden, let's talk about his son, Hunter, and that infamous laptop. A group called Marco Polo has now sent a printed inventory of all the documents and pictures that were found on the hard drive belonging to Hunter Biden, and they've sent it to every member of Congress. That's 535 between the U.S. House and Senate. Garrett Ziegler is the founder of Marco Polo. Before that, he worked in the Trump administration. Ziegler has spent the past year and a half Sorting through all the emails, text messages, documents, and deals that were stored on that laptop, Ziegler says as a result, they have found 140 potential business-related crimes, 191 sex-related offenses, 128 drug-related crimes, all committed by Hunter and his family members. Ziegler sent all of that information to Congress so that they would not have to spend any more time investigating the issue. He says the report is a roadmap to who needs to be subpoenaed and for what types of crimes. Ziegler says people have gone to prison for decades based on Joe's own policies for doing exactly what Hunter did. Meanwhile, Hunter is living at a beachside estate in Malibu. The governor of Arizona, Doug Ducey, recently implemented a novel idea when it comes to the incomplete U.S.-Mexico border wall. Ducey had rail car containers stacked within the gaps between the walls in order to stop the flow of illegal migrants. Now, Ducey says he will not comply with a recent order from the U.S. Department of Interior to take those rail cars away. The Department of Interior wants them removed and no more added, saying it's violating federal law and trespassing on U.S. property. Ducey's office released a statement saying they will not remove those rail cars so that gaps can be intentionally left open by the U.S. government or replaced with something that's less effective in keeping out the illegal immigrants. The owner of a bakery in California wins a lawsuit that was filed against her by two lesbians claiming discrimination. 
Kathy Miller of Tastry's Bakery in Bakersfield refused to make a wedding cake for the lesbian couple, saying it went against her deeply held beliefs on marriage. Miller even offered the couple the number to an alternative bakery. However, they decided to sue. The Thomas More Society provided lawyers in order to defend Miller and her bakery in this case. The lawyers call the whole case a First Amendment victory for their client. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. Be sure and check out Phil Williams on Right Side Radio as he urges his listeners to question everything. Questioning is healthy. Questioning keeps us sharp. Questioning breeds accountability. Questioning indicates freedom of thought. And if we don't question, or even worse, if we're told not to question, then we lose before we start and we're unable to prevail on the issues at hand. But it's that freedom of thought that undergirds the freedom of speech. You see, we're guaranteed a right under the First Amendment to speak those things that we believe. But what good is speech if it does not involve questions? Benjamin Franklin allegedly said, quote, whoever would overthrow the liberty of a nation must first begin by subduing the freeness of speech. But the left would have us to believe that questioning is wrong. How, how dare we question? What are you questioning? Don't question. Here's the narrative. Case in point is the brand that's often attached to anyone who dares to question the results of the 2020 presidential election. Now, Joe Biden's president, but in my opinion, Joe Biden has an asterisk next to his name. Anyone who dares to question, though, is immediately labeled with some form of a scarlet letter. You're an election denier, an insurrectionist. Well, just yesterday, Congresswoman Liz Cheney was in an interview on a national network declaring that Republican, supposedly her party, right, Republican candidate for governor of Arizona, Carrie Lake, is an election denier and that she, Liz Cheney, would be out campaigning for any Democrat running against an election denier Republican. Anyone who questions the elections of that strange, awful, chaotic, rule-bending, deeply suspect, pandemic-obscured, civil unrest-enduring election is a threat to democracy, says Liz Cheney. Well, here's some news. The true threat to democracy is the idea that elected officials would ever want to crush dissent or require adherence to a published narrative without question and limit the ability for free and capable thought to occur. That, my friends, that, my friends, is the definition of a police state. When questions become a bigger threat than riots, when free thought is seen as subversive, when words are regarded as weapons legally possessed by only those in power, then we have crossed over into a new and different and dark place. You can find more of that podcast at rightsideradio.org. If you are enjoying The Daily Detail and want to make sure the reports come up easily on your electronic device, then be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on the main page of The Daily Detail on whatever podcasting app you've been using to listen. That could be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, or some other podcasting apps. You can also get the word out about The Daily Detail by sending a link to a friend or dropping me a five-star rating. I surely do appreciate it. I'm Andrea Tice. I will be back again tomorrow, and I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 